So last week, I closed by asking you to spend the week asking God, what is the foundation of my relationship with you? And we'll be discussing that more in depth today. But are you on Pride Pathway or Trust Trail? And where's your foundation? A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Dan encouraged us to spend the week living by the power of the Holy Spirit. And last week we studied how Christ stepped into dealing with trials and temptations. He dealt with friends failing him. And we we noticed in his prayer time with God, although he mentioned the upcoming stressors, his focus was on praising God. Although he mentioned that not only was his focus on praising God, but humility, surrender, and submission, seeking after God, faith, and showing us that it is more than a relationship with God, but a relationship with our personal Father, Abba Father. Matthew 26, 39, Abba, Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, not as I will, but as you will. We see Christ's identity at the time of his baptism by John. When the dove comes from heaven and the voice of God is heard to say, this is my son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Christ had not yet begun his ministry. Christ, and we see the Father saying, I am well pleased. This is his identity. When he goes in to the temptations, right after that, the devil says to him, if you are the Son of God. Christ never bit on that one because he was firm in his identity. Christ teaches us to pray to God, our Father. Christ continues to make his relationship with our Father his priority as he takes time to spend it with his Father. His identity was as Christ's beloved Son, and this is his foundation. As Christ's followers, it is expected to be ours. Remember Peter at the Last Supper, and Christ tells him, you will deny me three times before the rooster crows? And Peter says no, because Peter knows more than God does. How did that work out? How many times do we tell God or the Holy Spirit that we know ourselves more than he knows us? How many times do we say, I will continue to do things my way, thanks anyway? That's not the example Christ gives. We question why we can't or don't live by the power of the Spirit. We trust ourselves more than we trust God, or we still want more control than we give to God. 
We're lacking that total surrender. We're a society that is used to instant gratification. God teaches us to wait, to develop patience. We want short-term commitments, quick answers to prayer, and our answers, quick results with a minimum effort and discomfort. We live in pride pathway. We struggle with that. We want it our way and we want it now. And if we do surrender as a living sacrifice, we crawl off the altar. We need buy stock in duct tape and duct tape ourselves to the altar. In the word, in the Bible, the word disciple is used to describe Christ's followers 269 times. Christian, three times. Believers, twice. Roughly, depending upon the translation you use. We are followers. We are imitators. We are to become Christ-like. We watch the transformation of Peter from cockiness. I know more than you do to defeat as he denies Christ to total, and I'm not sure what word to use here, when Christ turns to him and he's up there being questioned in one of his trials and he hears the rooster crow and he turns and looks at Peter. Peter turns, leaves, and weeps. The devastation Peter must have felt at that point. Because Christ, I will not deny you. And here he finds himself denying him. We watch the transformation. When Christ comes back after his resurrection, he's talking to Peter and he asks him three times, Do you love me? And the third time Peter says, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. It's found in John 21, 17. That is Peter submitting, admitting his mistake and accepting restoration. This gives us hope and direction. And Christ at that point tells them and him and others to go and to wait. Ezekiel 36, 26 through 29, and again this is taken from the New American Standard 1995 edition. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. You will live in the land that I give you, give to your forefathers, so you will be my people and I will be your God. Moreover, I will save you from all your uncleanliness. 
God gives us a new spirit, changes our hearts, our priorities, empowers us to walk in Christ's ways, becoming Christ-like. We are his, and he is ours, and he transforms us. If you watched Moses in his transformation, Peter, and the list goes on. Wow. And this is where it becomes important. Christ, before living, leaving for the last time, says to go and wait until the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They had already experienced Christ saying, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. It's taken from John 20, 21 and 22. In Acts 1.14, we find them praying constantly. God didn't, Christ didn't tell them to pray. But that became their foundation. Last week we saw where he had to say to them, watch how I deal with temptation. Pray. Here, and they didn't do it. Here, he says wait, and they go to prayer. Claiming the promises of Joel 28 and 29. They're getting it. And power comes. The Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 16, which is on your bulletin cover. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. So we need to learn to step into our identity. Luke 24, 49, and Acts 1, 8 tells us the disciples were commissioned to carry on the work of Christ and needed the Spirit's power to accomplish accomplish this work. And when filled, they were empowered to do God's work and to be used for God's glory. Acts 2.39 says that living by the power of the Holy Spirit does not end with the early leaders. We live by the fruits of the Holy Spirit living spirit-filled lives, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Acts 1, 8, Acts 4, 31, Acts 2, 41 talks about being able to witness for and of Christ and how this power changed Peter from denial to being the rock of foundation here um, of the church. Peter is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and he's transformed. Mark 16.20 says, we are giving the power to warn others against sin and Satan. The power of baptism aids us in daily living and in our work for God. When we read of Nehemiah, when reacting to the fallen walls of Jerusalem, 
He wept, he mourned, he fasted, and he prayed. In his prayer, he confessed, repents, and asks for forgiveness. So as we do an assessment of our own lives, I can see where I fall so short of the work and wonders of the Christians of Acts. And how do we measure up to Nehemiah? It really looks like we're lacking. And it really looks like living in the power is lacking so much in the modern day church. Because our prayer lives are lacking so much. A question that I heard recently was, what is the basis of my prayer life? Do I pray because I'm trying to control a situation? Let's stop and think about that for a moment. I tried to do something. It did not work. Then I prayed asking God to do something. I'm still trying to control the situation rather than really turning it over to God as we see Jesus do. So prayer becomes an ends to the means rather than surrender and trust. Rather than sitting down with our Abba Father. Now, I understand there's a fine line to be praying for something, like Pastor Rick to be healed here on earth. But when God chooses not to answer the way we want, what is our reaction to God? Anger? Mistrust? Because God didn't do it our way? The devil will do anything to block us from truly trusting God, hinting to us that we can do a better job than God. We know ourselves better. We can control it better than God. And we're on a pathway instead of living in the promised land. Sometimes the devil tells us we are unlovable, not worth it, not safe, don't matter, and all alone. And we believe it. We live defeated lives. When stressed, these are our core beliefs and they surface. I am so powerless to go to Abba Father. Many of us are struggling with this or that sin problem, defeated again and again by some fleshly desire that goes counter to God's commandments. We can't stop that porn addiction or any other addiction. We truly enjoy those earthly pleasures more than heavenly pursuit. The thought of total surrender, what would I have to give up? Why don't you tell me what we're doing and I will consider it? We often find ourselves saying it's no use, it's just the way I am. I can't change. We want to throw in the towel. We're so defeated. Even worse, Some Christians think they are doing just fine and find no need for self-introspection. No need to trouble themselves with any concern to to seek a deeper level in their walk toward Christ-likeness. Or they look around saying, I'm doing better than so-and-so, so I'm good. I attend church, I tithe, I'm good. But the real battle 
is in the spiritual realm. And the battle is for your heart. Because wherever your heart is, whatever it is focusing on, that is what you treasure. And the devil is more than happy to have you defeated or at a standstill and less than full surrender. John Wesley would ask, are you closer to God today than you were yesterday? Several weeks ago, I heard another pastor challenge us that we needed to learn to fast, not because it's a discipline and we should do it, because it helps us rid us of things that block our relationship with God, our Heavenly Father, our identity. Elmer Towns, who teaches about fasting, relates the story of another minister who was fasting for $30 million and was fasting for 30 days. That gentleman heard God say to him, don't fast for the money, fast to get closer to me. I have said in the past that we need to rid our lives of white noise. And then last summer, I heard a speaker say that white noise is so destructive that it blocks all levels of communication, including hearing the Holy Spirit. White noise is something that spans all, all levels of our communication because apparently we hear at different levels. Each person hears at a different level which is why some wives and husbands can block each other out. Um, But white noise goes the entire gambit. Pastor Dan will be teaching on fasting over the next several weeks as we go into the Lenten season. This week I spent time reading about Moses in my devotions, and one of the things that became clear, if we remember Moses in the bulrushes and being found, he was raised probably um, till he was age six by his mother before he went into the palace to live and to be taught Egyptian ways. When he was given the opportunity to become Pharaoh, the next Pharaoh, he stopped, he thought about it, And he said no, because he had to give up his Israelite heritage. At that point, he understood his DNA. We have that same DNA. We are Christ, and our soul yearns to get back to that relationship. It yearns to get back to the garden and be walking and talking with Christ and with God. And the Holy Spirit helps us get there. So we need to learn to step into our identity and our DNA of Christ's beloved child. Step into the power of that identity. Live by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let it transform us from the inside out. We don't need to live defeated lives. Studies tell us that 85% of the people in our pews 
are not living satisfying Christian walks or lives. When our Christian faith is simply fire insurance, which is just accepting Christ, but not giving over total control, it leaves us feeling, is this all there is? It's not fulfilling the deep need of restoration with our Father. We're not living in the power. And yet we're craving that. Our souls are seeking to be back in the original garden, walking and talking with God our Father. Over the next several weeks, Pastor Dan will be sharing with us how to use fasting to get us closer to our Father. By the way, our district superintendent is also addicted to sugar. And this year he's thinking about giving up sugar for the entire period of Lent. So, and I need to change our staff meeting one of those days that is not following your day of giving up sugar, please. But I'm excited to step into that next phase of our transformation, learning how to use Lent to get us closer to God. This is all about the journey to becoming Christ-like, transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I encourage you to step into that power. One of our songs that we sang this morning, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence. Let us become more aware of your presence.